I want to start, though, with a story about my dad. My dad uh, had a deep faith in the Almighty God from a very young age. He gave his life to God, and uh, that took the form initially of teaching in a mission school in India, and then he became a vicar for 60 years. Then in 2010, aged 93, he met God in a totally new way. By this time, he was in a nursing home, and over a few weeks, my father completely changed. He was full of joy and peace, uh, despite rather frail old age. He had been a bit grumpy and uh, miserable before this change. He was radiant. The nurses uh, used to love going into his room. They told me this several times because there was just a sense of peace and joy in his room, despite frail old age. He had become acutely aware that God loved him and cared for, for him in a very personal way. He constantly marveled at this truth, often with literally tears of joy going down his cheeks. And in his words, God is here with me. God loves me. He's here. He's no longer the distant God up there that I've worshipped all my life. It was a, a remarkable change. And what brought about this change? <laughs> he, uh, we had three teenage uh, children at the time, and we used to visit almost once a week uh, during those last few months. And um, my father used to say, Pentecost has broken out in my bedroom today, <laughs> as my three teenage children went for it. And... Um, the prayers of children are very powerful. Anyway, uh, the change was really from having a head faith that he had before and a very strong head faith. He had, he had a very certain faith. He was full of the word of God. He knew God, but it was a very distant, awesome God that he knew. Now suddenly, age 93, um, he knew God in his heart. The Holy Spirit had entered his heart. And God was now personal and real, right alongside him in his crumbling old body. Witnessing this was remarkable for Amanda and myself. Um, it was a time of great joy and we became very close to my father. I think it's the sort of change that Ezekiel prophesied in the Old Testament. Ezekiel 11. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Dad only lived a few more months. But in that time, his uh, life was full of joy. And he asked me 
to talk about his newfound relationship with God as the centerpiece of his funeral service. I think it's on the blink. <laughs> I thought it was my voice. Now, baptism by the Spirit will be familiar to very many of you, but perhaps not all. Let's just start by looking at what John the Baptist said about uh, baptism. Uh, there are very similar recordings about uh, what John the Baptist said in the first three Gospels, and from Matthew chapter 3, I'll read out one of them. This is John the Baptist. I will baptize you with water for repentance. But after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John was... Um, preaching a baptism of repentance, i.e. turning away from our lives of sin. Or as it said in the uh, message translation, uh, a radical life change. People had a radical life change. And that's what John uh, was preaching, that we needed to turn away from our sins, to completely turn around and change our lives. But he also pointed out that there was one coming after him, a certain Jesus, and he pointed us towards him. And as we know, we are uh, restored to a relationship with God through Jesus. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It is amazing that uh, when we turn to Jesus as our Lord and our, as, as our Saviour and repent, our sins are forgiven. They're completely wiped clean. And we are restored to God our Father. We are saved and our place in heaven is assured. But, but John the Baptist then went on and said, there's much more to come. Jesus will baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And that's what we find that Jesus did with the apostles. In Acts chapter 1, verse 5, Jesus said to the disciples, Do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And sure enough, in Acts 2, the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. And St. Peter told the crowds that this was God pouring out his spirit on all people as prophesied by Joel in the Old Testament. Then in Acts 5 we also read 
that the apostles were healing people and performing miraculous signs. And the same thing happens in the passage we are studying today. I guess the disciples at Ephesus had uh, radically changed their lives to follow Jesus, but perhaps only in their heads. And now this chap Paul was coming along saying, no, no, there's much more. They were about to receive the Holy Spirit. Paul lays his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So what is this baptism of the Holy Spirit? We are all temples of God. We are made so that uh, God can come and live within us. It is God becoming alive in us and helping us to have a living personal relationship with him. And once we're filled with God's Spirit, we are empowered and equipped to help build his kingdom here on earth. We have the power to transform the world. Being baptized in the uh, Holy Spirit can be pretty dramatic. It obviously was in Ephesus. Some people experience dramatic manifestations immediately. Tongues, falling down, crying, laughing, shaking. Others don't, but instead experience deep peace and joy. Both are okay. My own experience of being baptized in the Spirit for the first time was a gentle one. I had a deep joy and peace within me which kept on bubbling up even when I wasn't feeling particularly happy. It was an inner fountain of joy that just leapt up on its own. And Jesus actually told us to expect this. In John chapter 7, uh, verses 38 and 39, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. So Jesus was pointing the way, saying, when you're baptized with the Spirit, you're going to have a fountain of living water swelling, welling up within you, a fountain of joy. And for me, the gift of tongues and prophecy came later. didn't come on that first occasion when I uh, was baptized in the Spirit. Someone led me into these gifts. I was told I wanted to speak in tongues. I asked for it. I asked for the gift. And I was told by the guys uh, praying for me 
just to start speaking. If you have your mouth shut, you can't speak in tongues. So he said, open your mouth and just start talking. Say a prayer or say a song while I speak in tongues. So that's what he did. He spoke in tongues and I spoke some gibberish uh, song or something. And then suddenly a whole stream of uh, words poured out of me, words I didn't understand, in an unstoppable torrent. And um, it was exciting. And God touched me deeply that day. Uh, But it wasn't on my first uh, baptism in the Spirit. So we can expect tongues. The passage goes on to uh, say that Paul went on to teach and to heal many people. Again, that's what Jesus told us to do. In the Great Commission, Mark 16, go out into the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. So these are things we've got to expect. That's exciting. Uh, We're going to get uh, these uh, uh, signs, uh, miraculous signs, when we're filled with the Spirit. The kingdom of God is coming. It's coming right now through the Spirit living in us. It's not some future date. It is now. The Spirit is living in us. God's kingdom is coming now. And we're, procla- we're called to proclaim this truth. Not only that we're reconciled to God through our faith in Jesus, but that His kingdom is coming to earth now. We are God's hands and feet. And often he calls us to be his voice as well. Filled with the Spirit, we can heal like Jesus and Paul did. In fact, Jesus even said in John's Gospel, you can do even more than I did. And I find that mind-blowing. At the end of our reading, we're reminded by the story of the, what I call, professional professional exorcists. Is that the right word? That it is not us that heals and delivers, but rather it is Jesus who heals through us. The name of Jesus is very powerful. As soon as we start trying to heal in our own strength, or as soon as we start to take the credit for it, we will fail. God loves to work with us and equip us. So, are we full of the Spirit? The fruits of the Spirit, this is a a checklist uh, that um, I often look at. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We all need topping up regularly. I can't pretend I have all those fruits uh, all the time. But it's a good checklist. We need to be available for God to use us. I believe God is raising up a young generation. Wonderful people like you. There are thousands and thousands of young Christians coming to church now. And they're all on fire for Jesus. God's on the move. And I think this is a really exciting time to be a Christian. We're all being called to be full of the Spirit so that God's kingdom can come here in Bath, in the UK, and in the world. Our country has, I hate to say this, but it has turned away from God. It's a dark place out there for many, many people. Society has various levels broken down. Now, as I was preparing for this sermon, I was reading a little bit about John Wesley. John Wesley, um, when he started preaching out in the open air with his brother Charles and Sir George Whitfield, um, they were preaching to a very dark society. There was a lot of depravity. God was nowhere. And in 30 years of preaching, they transformed England. They transformed uh, the country. They brought a new uh, understanding of values. They were filled with the Spirit and they they reached hundreds of thousands of people. Our country's turned away from God and there's much darkness and I think we need to continually pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're not all John Wesley's but uh, I do believe that there's a generation being raised up by God which is um, going to have a dramatic effect on this country. Many of you will know that one of my favourite prophecies is by the well-known evangelist Smith Wigglesworth. Shortly before he died in 1947, he made this prophecy. It's so pertinent, I'm going to read it in full. During the next few decades, there will be two distinct moves of the Holy Spirit across the church in Great Britain. The first move will affect every church that is open to receive it and will be characterized by a restoration of the baptism and gifts of the Holy Spirit. I would suggest that this has happened. In my father's day, there was virtually no uh, preaching or teaching about the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit was known as the Holy Ghost, which wasn't a great start. Um, and really, there was very, very committed Christians, uh, but the Spirit was not something taken um, too seriously. So I think that first phase is happening. The Toronto blessing has happened. There's been a restoration of the baptism and gifts of the Holy Spirit. Going back to the prophecy. The second move of the Holy Spirit will result in people leaving historic churches and planting new churches. Again, I think that's happening. I think there are uh, new churches being planted all over the country and uh, that is a move of the Holy Spirit. In the duration of each of these moves, the people who are involved will say, this is a great revival. But the Lord will say, no. Neither is this the great revival, but both are steps towards it. When the new church phase is on the wane, there will be evidence in the churches of something that has not been seen before a coming together of those with an emphasis on the Word and those with an emphasis on the Spirit. When the Word and the Spirit come together, there will be the biggest move of the Holy Spirit that the nation and indeed the world has ever seen. It will mark the beginning of a revival that will eclipse anything that has been witnessed within these shores even the Wesleyan and Welsh revivals of former years. The outpouring of God's Spirit will flow over from the United Kingdom to mainland Europe and from there will begin a missionary move to the ends of the earth. How about that for a prophecy? Amazing. till the ends of the earth. And I think now as the word which is following the Bible and uh, teaching the Bible and everything in it, when it comes together with the Holy Spirit, we're going to see this amazing revival. So we need to be ready. We need to be all filled with the Holy Spirit so we can be ready. John Wimber used to say, only Bible and we dry up. Only spirit and we blow up. But with word and spirit, we grow up. We need to be full of the word of God and we need to be full of the Holy Spirit. Then we will grow up. And in this church, we aim to uh, be full of the Word and of the Holy Spirit. So, are we up for it? Are we up for being filled with the Word of God and with the Holy Spirit?